to become the 14th driver in NASCAR Cup history to reach 50 career victories, breaking a tie with Tony Stewart for 14th. Harvick wins NASCAR's return to action at Darlington. Yes, he does. Kevin Hallward in the return of NASCAR racing wins his milestone 50th win. Welcome to another episode of Frankly Speaking Sports. I'm your host, Larry Frank, and glad, glad, glad to have you with us at the start of this week on this beautiful Monday morning from Bentonville, Arkansas. Um, you know, I thought NASCAR did a terrific job this weekend. To me, everything looked the same as normal. Kevin Harwick wins another race. His 50th race, a milestone victory for Kevin Harwick. And, you know, in the first lap, there was a wreck. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Uh, wiped out. And they were worried about how the first couple laps would go with them not being able to do certain things that they used to or are customary of doing with racing. But overall, to me, it was a typical NASCAR race. And believe me. Uh, Kevin Harwick was real happy after the win. Call my team guy. Kevin Harvick emerges from his race car, taking the booties off. Helmet still on. Don't worry, we're all figuring this out as we go, Kevin. What an incredible performance by you and your team today. You have won some of the biggest races in this sport. A champion, I have to imagine that this race today ranks right up there at the top of that list. Yeah, I just want to thank everybody from NASCAR and all the teams for um, letting us do what we do. This is a, you know, I didn't think it was going to be that much different, and then we won the race, and it's dead silent out here, so we miss the fans. Um, just got to thank everybody from Bush Light, Hunt Brothers Pizza, Mobile One, uh, Jimmy John's, Everybody from Ford who uh, who helps helps on this car. It's just um, it's a pretty pretty big honor to uh, to win 50 races in this deal. And um, you know, just got to thank all my team guys and, and everybody for for what they're doing. Um, this Dr. Josh Hughes is, is one of my really good friends. Uh, spend a lot of time with him. Have seen how this whole pandemic has affected. Uh, our frontline workers in person um, on, a, on a weekly basis. So uh, thank you, Josh. We're thinking about you. Got to say hi to Delaney and my kids at home. Um, guess we'll bring home the trophy. Certainly think about everybody that's affected by the pandemic. This is your 50th win yeah. in your career. I mean, does that seem real right now? It doesn't seem real. And, you know, I think as, as you look at Darlington, you know, I think as you look at the things that happened this weekend, I really thought that it would, it would definitely uh, play into our hand just because our guys are so good at, at hitting the car uh, off the truck for the most part. We put a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of studying, a lot of meetings, and just got to thank everybody at the shop who's built all these cars. And just, man, I'm excited. You know, it's, it's, it is weird um, just because there's, there's nobody up there. And, and you can go to bushbeer.com and, and maybe have your face on the car next week up here on the hood. So everybody from Fields and Haas, and I'm speechless. 
That was the great Kevin Hallwick talking about his win yesterday at Darlington. And I believe the races come back uh, this Wednesday and then again Sunday. So a lot of NASCAR going on um, this upcoming week. But I will be up front with you. I'm not a huge NASCAR fan, but I was really, really happy to see some live sports this weekend. And from the comments I'm seeing on Twitter and a couple of other platforms, lots and lots of people that were not necessarily, necessarily fans of NASCAR were watching this yesterday. And just a great, great showing for NASCAR. And hopefully that'll help some of these other sports get back and up and running. But one of the sports that seems to ha be having the most difficulty has to be Major League Baseball. And, you know, we all heard about the Blake Snell comments, and there was a lot of feedback, a lot of positives from some, a lot of negative from others. And we'll have the opportunity with our special guest, uh, Zach Blobner from WDAE in Tampa, will be joining us a little bit later in the show. And we'll discuss that among other things, uh, such as some Tampa Bay Buccaneer football, maybe some lightning. He follows it all, guys. I've listened to the guy for many years. Great, great guy. We'll have him on shortly. But, you know, baseball just seems to me like they're doing everything possible to not be able to play the game of baseball this year. First, you get, you know, Blake Snell's comments, which we're not going to get into a big discussion again about this because we've done this on the past couple of episodes here. But we had a poll, and basically the poll on Frankly Speaking Sports group page on Facebook, and the poll question was, do you think that Blake Snell's comments were out of line? A whopping 63% of you said yes, his words were out of line, while 37% of you said no, he was not out of line. So there's a lot of, two-thirds of the people that are listening to this are saying he's wrong. Now, once again, I don't want to get into that discussion. I want to get into a little bit more of a discussion from the opposite side, the Major League Baseball owners and also the um, commissioner and the executives. And if you, you look at this, first the major league owners want to add an additional 33% cut. They want to do a revenue share where the players get 50-50 and they lose more money than they originally agreed on. That's telling me right there the major league baseball players, knowing that the players will not accept this, I don't know if they really want to play baseball. Then they come up with this 67-page documentation or proposal about health and safety. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of protocols. Safety is the number one focus that every single person in every single league needs to have. No doubt about it. There are people that are getting infected with this disease, very sick with these disease, this disease, and in some cases, even dying. I know of some people that have passed away from the COVID-19. It is not a joke, and we all understand this. But 
you know, there are certain things that I believe people will take advantage and be very greedy and to use an epidemic or a disease or an illness, whatever the best word to describe what's going on with this COVID-19, to use it as an excuse to try to negotiate and bargain for a better position is wrong at this time. It is wrong. It is completely wrong, and that's what both sides are doing. This is a time where they should be exemplifying the leadership qualities of both sides and be coming together and showing the American people that this is the way you come together. Instead, baseball, as usual, fails at that. They F-A-I-L at it. They fail. This 67-page document basically says you cannot do anything. You know, if you want to write a 67-page document on what you shouldn't do, and remember, guys, this is typed, okay? 67 pages, you might as not well play the game. You may as not play the game. You're basically saying there is no way we can play the game and keep you safe. If that's the case, cut the bull crap. Let's not lead people on and think that you're going to have a season if you're not, if you don't want. Of course, Major League Baseball is losing money. They want everything done their way. They don't care about what the players think. And, you know, there's a point where the players are wrong, and I've talked about the players being wrong. Just like Blake was wrong with his tone and his comments, uh, for the most part. You know, his part about taking another reduction, he was not 100% incorrect with. But Major League Baseball for too long is trying to use these circumstances to gain ground in the collective bargaining agreement. And it is completely wrong. R-W-R-O-N-G. I'm spelling today, guys. That means I'm upset. I'm actually spelling words out for you. And you look at this 67 page. You can't spit. You can't high five. You can't touch. You know, I don't know how you play a game of baseball without touching the baseball. If the ball is grabbed by the pitcher, he throws it to the batter. The batter will swing. Let's say he hits it. It's a ground ball to the shortstop who then just throws it to the first baseman, you've already had three people touch the baseball. Don't play the game. It's ridiculous, this 67-page protocol on safety. It's basically telling the players, we know we, want, we don't want you to play. And then you listen to Robert Manfred. I'm going to let you hear this interview. He talks about how much money they're going to lose if they don't play. Well, Robert Manfred, like I said before, you lack the leadership qualities to be a good commissioner. You in no way, shape, or form should be in the position that you're in. And you prove it again with this interview. Uh, we will have some Major League Baseball this summer. Um, we are making plans um, about playing in empty stadiums. Uh, but as I've said before, um, all of those plans are dependent on what 
the public health situation is and uh, us reaching the conclusion that it'll be safe for our players and other employees to come back to work. Does it, you said empty stands, for the players then, does it rely on access to, you know, to testing, frequent testing or repeated testing, or, or what are the kind of the parameters you're thinking about? Well, we have developed extensive protocols. Um, a key to those is frequent testing. Um, all of our players would be tested multiple times a week, PCR testing um, to, to determine whether or not they have the virus. That testing would be supplemented um, less frequently by antibody testing as well. What happens if you don't have a season? I mean, I, what, I, I don't know the economics of it well enough you know, if there is no baseball played this year or it gets shut down midseason because of another outbreak, economically, what does that, that mean? Obviously, the ripple effects for a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of people who, beyond just the players, who are involved and, and need this work. Yeah, the, the, the economic effects are um, devastating, uh, frankly, for the clubs. Um, we're a big business, but we're a seasonal business. And um, unfortunately, uh, this crisis began at kind of the low point for us in terms of revenue. We hadn't quite started our season yet. And if we don't play a season, the losses for the owners could approach $4 billion. Okay, Robin Manfred. So if these losses can go to $4 billion, why don't you stop playing damn games and let's get the players back on the field and let's start playing baseball? It don't make sense. The guy sounds, the guy is by far, he sounds like the stupidest guy involved in these negotiations. Listen to this guy. He doesn't make any sense. I don't know how he remains commissioner of Major League Baseball. I, I just don't. I just don't understand it. You know, these guys need to work together. They need to stop crying about money. And don't get me wrong. You got to make a living. The players got to make a living. But at the end of the day, if you do not play the game of baseball, you are both making no money. We'll be back right after this message. From our great buddy, Dick Vitale. Achieve and accomplish. You want to make it happen. The way to get there is not really thinking all of a sudden about the major goal. Have mini goals. Have little goals. Attack those on a regular basis. And ultimately, it will lead to success in getting the major goal achieved. So many people want to get there immediately. They want to run that sprint. Many times it's a marathon, my friends, and you got to work at it and work at it and work at it. So get those little mini goals. Make them happen little by little, and then ultimately you'll stand there tall, and the big one will be a success. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking Sports. I'm your host, Larry Frank. We're just minutes away from having the great Zach Blobner of WDAE Radio out of Tampa Bay. He's the radio sports show host, 6 to 9 in the morning, does weekend shows as well. He'll be joining us momentarily. Want to remind you that we have another great, great show installed for you tomorrow as Odin Kirk, 
He covers the Arrows, excuse me, he covers the Arkansas Razorbacks for Hogville and Pig Trail Nation. He will be joining us live to discuss Arkansas football, some Arkansas basketball, Arkansas sports all together. So definitely a show you do not want to miss tomorrow um, with Otis Kirk. And then we have a guest all throughout this week. We have guest after guest after guest every day. So make sure you join us. Also want to remind you, if you have any thoughts, comments, things you want to talk about, you can leave a message right on the link after this show, and we will go ahead and put it on the next episode of Frankly Speaking Sports. Also want to remind you, we are on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter, at Larry Frankis. Also, we are now on YouTube, baby. That's it, YouTube. We are now showing all our interviews where you can have your listing pleasure on YouTube. Go to our YouTube page, Frankly Speaking Sports. And then we have the fastest growing Facebook group in the nation, Frankly Speaking Sports. You go to Facebook, type it in, make sure you type in the word sports, join us, follow us, invite your friends. It is now my great pleasure to introduce to you on the Frankly Speaking Sports Hotline, all the way from Tampa Bay, uh, the radio host of WDAE, Zach Blobner. Zach, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm phenomenal. I appreciate you uh, bringing me aboard for a few minutes, man. Excited to chat. Um, so am I, because, you know, I lived down there for 36 years, used to listen to you a lot down there, as well as all the other guys on WDAE. So it's really a pleasure. Let me... Let me ask you right away, uh, Zach, uh, what kind of effect uh, the last couple of months, the COVID-19, has it had on you personally and as a radio host um, on this epidemic that's going on as far as you being a radio host and just on WDAE as general? I grew up around a lot of digital things. I'm a very digitally thinking type of person. 
Um, I enjoy that aspect of technology when it comes to, you know, how you can interact with people digitally. So for me, that part kind of came naturally, but there was a lot of adjustments and people uh, that I was speaking with that had to get comfortable doing virtual meetings and, and talking on teleconferences uh, with video chat added. And so far, you know, it's, it's been it's been smooth for the most part. I mean, I give a lot of guys that I work with closely, a lot of people at iHeart in Tampa Bay, a lot of credit. And I've, I've been saying that for a few weeks now because if I had to put money on all these people figuring out technology as quickly as they have and be able to use it as coherently as they do, I would not have done that. But they've all done a really good job, and I'm really impressed uh, with people who typically don't work in that realm figuring it out. And, again, our day-to-day operations pretty much running smoothly despite there not being sports and us not all being in the building. Now, it was about a week ago, roughly, that Ron DeSantis, uh, the governor of Florida, pretty much did a little, uh, you know, speech there talking about professional sports and how he's welcoming them to come to Tampa Bay. What was your thoughts on that? Yeah, it was very interesting to hear him say that, Um, not just Tampa Bay, but the state of Florida. I actually went to the University of Florida, which is a place he specifically brought up saying, you know, hey, one of the ideas we have is if there's a pro team that can't play in their own city and needs a stadium, that they could potentially play Sundays in the swamp while the Gators play on Saturday. And there's logistics involved there, but I know that it works down in Miami at Hard Rock Stadium with the Dolphins and the Hurricanes. Um, You know, you certainly look at some of the other areas that you could potentially have different teams coming down in Orlando. Uh, There's room there in Tallahassee at Doak where FSU plays. There's room there on Sundays. Uh, Thursday night games, Monday night games, those types of things when you think about NFL teams, and that's just football-related. You know, we didn't even jump into some of the other things. I know the MLB and NHL considering select cities to have a shortened season or just a, you know, playoff-type season in the NHL's case, and Florida, all the area down here is certainly on the map. So I think, you know, as far as staying away from the actual political side of it and, you know, not trying to be a scientist myself and say if it's plausible – Hypothetically speaking, though, from a sports angle, I think it's great. I think if you could, in theory, you know, for us down here, you never have too many sports and it's a little greedy, but, again, in theory, if you could go to a Gator LSU game on a Saturday and then you could go to, let's say, the Giants and the Bears on Sunday in the same stadium, I think it's, you know, a unique experience unlike we'll ever see again. So I think it's awesome. I think it's a great, cool thing that could potentially come out of this. Now, over the past week, unfortunately, some of the biggest sports news has come out of Tampa Bay area, but it's not because of what happened on the field. It's because what has been said off the field with the comments by Blake Snell. And, you know, when I listen to that, and I know by now you've listened to it as well, um, you know, I really thought it wasn't so much. I mean, part of the message I understood with the cut, an additional cut, But I really think it was the presentation of the whole message that really started stirring people up, not just in the Tampa Bay area, but in the entire nation. Yeah, I mean, I like that Blake Snell shoots from the hip. I've had many conversations with him, uh, some on the record, some off, and he's pretty much the same guy either way. And I appreciate that in a person, especially an athlete in this industry. You know, I've been around so many different ones in different sports, different ages, different backgrounds that you, again, you do learn to appreciate guys like Blake Snell that'll just be honest in themselves regardless of the situation. Now, this is such a a major conversation and one that really has touched us all in some way, shape, or form. And 
for the most part, I would argue pretty much everybody has had it affect them negatively. I mean, I can't imagine how many people out there would say that the pandemic's been a good thing for them, whether you're talking financially, medically, or just in general, uh, you know, when you consider all the other things we've, we've lost just from entertainment value, if you haven't been affected by the other two big pieces. So with that being said, you know, Blake, in general, probably should have been more careful with his comments in that regard. I'm sure once he started saying the things he said, didn't anticipate them blowing up and becoming as viral as they did in a talking piece. But there's no real sports going on right now. So anything like that's going to be amplified even more than it already would have been. And, uh, you know, he needs to have the wherewithal to, to, to notice that that's going to come along with those types of comments. Uh, and now, generally speaking, when I reacted to them, I – Understand where he's coming from. And this is the way that I look at it is like anybody who has to take any type of pay cut agrees to it and then is told you have to take another pay cut, uh, regardless of the pandemic side, just from a financial side. Like, what employee is going to be happy about that? We're not hooraying at all and really excited that, you know, whether it's unpaid vacation or whether, you know, you have to take a salary cut or whatever it may be. Like, no employee is going to be happy to make less money. Now, with that being said, there are a lot of employees, even outside of baseball and other businesses, that have either been furloughed or let go altogether from their company. And so, like, A, that's the worst side of it. Like, taking a pay cut sucks, but losing your job altogether is a much, much worse situation to be in. And that's why a lot of people do take pay cuts so that they don't lose their job. Now, I know that there's a lot of comparisons out there like, oh, you know, for people that backed Blake Snell that said – that if they understood where he was coming from and they actually supported it because Blake had, and the players, not just Blake, all the MLB players, had agreed to certain things. And then, you know, you have these billionaire owners that are basically saying, oh, we can't afford this. And people are siding with the millionaire over the billionaire because the billionaire clearly has more money. But from a business standpoint, again, these billionaires are hemorrhaging money. And if the season doesn't happen, you're talking about a loss of almost $9 billion for missing one season of baseball. I mean, that's a lot of money for, again, a business owner. They're not going to go hungry and be on the street and not be able to pay their bills, but that's a big, big business hit. And so, like any big business that's taking a big business hit, their employees are going to feel it as well. And they're not the only big industry. Disney, I mean, even iHeartMedia, we're all taking hits right now. And, you know, I think it's, I feel comfortable saying, at least off the top of my head, that a lot of these places, a lot of these business owners are doing their best to help in ways that they can. I mean, back into the sports world, how many of these owners, including the owner of the Rays, has went out and paid employees during the first month or the first month and a half or two or whatever it was when they weren't even working? There's a lot of CEOs and owners that were paying employees that weren't working. And it was nice, and obviously it wasn't the employees' fault that they weren't working. There's a pandemic. But no business owner is required to pay employees that aren't working. And again, I commend them for it. But I'm also not going to condemn them now that they're trying to figure out ways to get back on the field. And part of those ways might include players taking less again. Yeah, now, you know, but at, like you said, and you mentioned it, the epidemic's going on and everybody in the world, you know, is facing similar situations, just maybe on a smaller scale. But isn't this the time where maybe baseball should be working together and exemplifying how us as a nation should work together to get back on the field? Yeah, I mean, look, in a perfect world, we want them to work together. You know, I think any sports fan uh, in their core is like, yeah, I, I just hope that they know it's an important deal for us in the country to 
for our mental health, for, you know, entertainment helps mental health. It helps people get their mind off of the real BS that's going on in their own life. You know, maybe there are people that are, are struggling even more financially than Blake is. And I'm sure there's a lot of them. I know I'm certainly one comparatively to the situation he's in as a millionaire. Um, but, you know, on the same hand, again, it's all relative. Everything we do is relative. And if you're Blake Snell or you're any employee, any baseball player, you know, you want to get baseball back. You love baseball and you, you want to be able to help those and others when you can. But with it being relative, they're an employee. They're not happy with what their boss is asking them to do. And there's some friction there. And in a perfect world, yeah, they would just put it all aside and say, we're going to play for the love of the game. But that's not reality. That's not how it works. Right. Now, before we let you go, I want to talk a little bit of football with you because obviously uh, one of the biggest uh, teams in the NFL during the offseason has been the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, and, you know, you being a big Buccaneer fan, I had season tickets last year to the Bucs when I lived down there. Let me ask you, Tom Brady, you know, arguably uh, the greatest quarterback ever to play the game. He's played the game for 20 years now. Do you think, and I know he's won six Super Bowls, been in the playoffs many times, but is this possibly um, the most pressure that Tom Brady has had on him to win than ever before? I think you could probably answer that either way. I mean, this, I think it's to each person that has, you know, to each their own. And we all are going to have different opinions on it. I think you could obviously argue that, well, there's no Belichick. So now everybody's going to be watching to either say, well, was it Belichick or was it Brady? And that's the main storyline. So certainly in that regard, you know, being a two-year deal, Bruce Arians not you know, wanting to coach for the next 10 years, there's a lot of things that do add to that pressure for sure. I mean, but this is a guy who's lived in the pressure, right? Like, if, you, if you're constantly swimming in the deep end and you go from a 15-foot pool to a 16-foot pool and you're swimming in that one, is it that much of a difference? Like, technically, it is more pressure, but by how much more? And if you live in that world and you're used to it, you're comfortable with it, I don't know if Brady's going to feel any more pressure than normal. Uh, I, I think that that man always plays with a chip on his shoulder. You don't get to be the GOAT. You don't get to reach the levels of the success he has if you're not constantly finding an edge. I mean, I know a lot of us have watched the last dance documentary series with Michael Jordan. He's always competitive. He's always looking for reasons to like get that fuel, that fire going in every game. And I think Brady's a very similar guy in that fashion. So whether it's the flake gate, whether it's whatever he's got to do to put up bulletin board material to get himself going, he's going to do. And he's lived in that world of pressure for so long. It's, it's natural for him to be in it yet again. So I think from the outside looking in, we can certainly point out it might be the most pressure-filled season he's ever had, but I think internally he's like, it's just another year where I always put that amount of pressure on myself. It's no different of a jungle, and I'm no different of a beast than I'm used to. Now, you know, obviously this team has what I would say is definitely the best offense in the National Football League. Some people may question them at running back a little bit. But the big question this year comes on the defensive side of the football. Now, yes, they did a great job against the rush last year defensively. I think they only allowed like 68 yards rush in a game. Are you comfortable with their defense against the pass next year? Like you mentioned, we have hard facts that the run defense will be good again. And you never know your year until you see it. I mean, 
there's offenses that are great and then suck in the following season. I think the Rams is a good one to point to, uh, both offensively and defensively from the year that they were in the Super Bowl a couple seasons ago. Excuse me. And as we look at what the Bucks can be defensively, you know, it's got to be a thing where you hope that all these players continue on the trajectory because a lot of that secondary being so young, you know, Shaq Barrett finally getting a season where he is the sack leader because he gets a chance to perform. He is the main guy, uh, the main pass rusher. Like, can he repeat? Can the younger guys go from year one to year two or in some of their cases year two to year three and really, really pop the way that we hope they will, again, based on projection, based on trajectory? There's a lot of, you know, hypotheticals and projections in there, and it's both on the field. It's hard to buy into. But on paper and following, you know, what would make sense. Like if, if somebody, just like whenever you're working out, if you're, if, or if you're running and you're running a mile a day, well, at some point you should be able to run a mile and a half and then two miles. And, like, there, you know, projections are there for a reason because typically that's the way things go. And sometimes people do better than the projections. Sometimes they do certainly a lot worse. With the players in the Bucks secondary and a lot of these young guys, they should do better this season, which means the defense should be better. I wouldn't necessarily put any money on it, though, myself. So do I feel comfortable with it? Sure, mainly because I have to. I mean, I don't necessarily, again, think I'd bet any money on it, though, because there's just too much unknown. Now, Zach, you got to admit from a radio host, a radio host perspective, I mean... At once sports get start back up, and I'm talking about the big three in Tampa with hockey, uh, football, and baseball, it's got to be an exciting time to be a radio uh, sports host in Tampa Bay right now. Yeah, I think that it's, I, on, in general, 100%. I'm with you. And, and it's like, I'm so excited to see the Rays coming off of a playoff run, the Lightning where they should be a cup contender yet again. Uh, you know, for the foreseeable future. And then the Bucks, as we just mentioned, with Tom Brady on board, Rob Gronkowski. However, I have no idea what kind of access we're going to have. I mean, we talk about there being no fans in the stadium. I would imagine media, if they're even allowed in, will be extremely, extremely less than usual. There's going to be a ton of restrictions, and it's just going to be very different. Um, I think I'll be able to enjoy it still a lot, especially from the outside looking in, assuming I'm not at every game or at, you know, any of the games, depending on what the restrictions are. So I'm going to enjoy it, but it's going to be bittersweet, I think, also in a lot of ways, because, great example, I, I, it's not going to be like race spring training, we get to do our race spring training trip. There's a lot we do around race spring training to get pumped up, and I get access, and, and, and I get to talk to a lot of these guys in a way that I don't during the season, and I definitely won't during the season now if it happens. Same thing with the Lightning in the playoffs, and same thing with the Bucks in training camp. Training camp's not going to be the same. So usually those pockets of these teams where I get the most access and I can kind of get, you know, my own scoop and my own conversations going with these athletes, it's not going to exist. And if it does, it's going to be in such a smaller capacity than I've ever been used to it. But it's going to be bittersweet in some ways. But nonetheless, the games will still most likely, as far as we know, be televised for all these sports, assuming they come back. And from that element of it, you know, these teams are supposed to be successful, and successful means that it should be fun to watch. We are talking to Zach Blobner from WDAE Radio in Tampa. Zach, before I let you go, I have to ask you this question. I'm now living in uh, Bentonville, Arkansas, and uh, Arkansas obviously is a huge, huge college football town with the Hogs playing here. 
I lived in Tampa, like I told you, for 36 years. I know you went to the University of Florida. I'm a big Gator fan. You are obviously a big Gator fan. Why don't you tell our listeners in Arkansas, because Felipe Franks transferred over from the Gators now. He is projected to be the starting uh, quarterback for the Razorbacks. Why don't you tell our listeners who follow the Razorbacks what they're getting in Felipe Franks? Well, they're going to get a guy who definitely has some pizzazz, some spice, some flair, uh, a big arm. You know, when he came out, he was one of the top athletic quarterbacks in that recruiting class. Um, and he certainly has a very, very good skill set. As any fiery player, though, especially the younger ones, it can be both good and bad, right? You get too much of that passion, and it can blow up in your face a little bit. And, you know, I, I wish nothing but the best for Felipe, and I say that in the most politically correct way possible. However, I was very critical of him when he was at Florida because there were certain things that he did, such as shushing his own fan base who booed him for playing so awful that he warranted the booze in the first place. Those are the types of things that I struggle to let go of, watching him from the outside looking at. But with that being said, his teammates never had anything but good things to say about him. And even when he was hurt, Kyle Trask, now the quarterback at Florida, said that Franks was fantastic to him, great leadership, great friendship, and was there for him, despite you know that guy being the one that took his job and had his job, mainly because of injury at that point, but nonetheless. So... There's a lot of great qualities. He's certainly a freak athlete in a lot of ways at the quarterback position. He can run. Um, and I think the passion is something that you're going to love in some games, and there's going to be moments where you're like, bench this kid because he's driving me crazy. So hopefully it's more of the first one for Razorbacks fans. But, uh, again, I, I'm careful where I place my bet. <laughs> Zach, I want to change you. Uh, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Um, on uh, Frankly Speaking Sports. You know, like I said, I followed you now for a while when I was down in Tampa. I just recently moved here. Follow all you guys on uh, WDAE, and I just want to wish you the best of luck. Hey, you too, man. And let's definitely link up again here soon, hopefully once there's actually games being played. You got it. Be safe, my friend. You too, brother. That was the great Zach Blobner from WDAE Radio in Tampa Bay. We'll be back right after this message. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking Sports. I'm your host, Larry Frank. What a great conversation we just had with Zach Blobner from WDAE Radio in Tampa Bay. I mean, you know, like I said to Zach, I've been listening to uh, that sports radio between uh, the morning from probably as early as 7 a.m., to as late as 7 p.m., 12 hours every day for I could not tell you how long. And a lot of great, great people are working real hard, and they do a great job providing uh, sports news to their fans down there. For those of you that are not aware of them, which I would find that hard to believe, they are 95.3 FM and 620 AM, and uh, they're just terrific. Every single one of their shows is terrific. But, you know, we talked about some good things. Uh, we talked about baseball. You know, you got to hear a little bit different opinion from Zach on the Blake Snell situation. And, you know, I think once everything starts showing some normalcy, just like racing is starting to do it, I think once you start seeing some of these players back on the field or doing their normal things, 
I think people are going to calm down a little bit. There's a lot of stress going on in this nation right now. Every, I, I'm sure everybody in their way, in their own way, shape, or form is going through some type of stress with this epidemic, but not as much as the people being infected by it, um, and not as much as the people that are helping to cure it. I want to make sure right now that we're thanking all the frontline workers, the healthcare people, the doctors, the nurses, CNAs, the grocery people, the truckers, uh, the policemen, the paramedics, and it goes on, the firemen, and, you know, I'm going to forget someone, but, you know, you understand where I'm coming from. Let's thank those people. Let's make sure that we understand that they are risking their lives for us. Now, I want to remind you, we got a great week in store for you. You know, we are getting people by the minute who are accepting invitations to come on the show. I can't even keep up with telling you now until, you know, I get off the show because so many people are asking now to come on. But I want to remind you of some people that will be on this week, starting with tomorrow, Otis Kirk. He covers the Arkansas Razorbacks for Hogville. I don't know why I can't get Hogville, right? Hogville and the Pig Trail Nation. Um, he will be joining us tomorrow. Then on Wednesday, the great Jeremy Shulman. For those of you who do not know who Jeremy is, he's the head basketball coach of Eastern University, been a junior college basketball coach forever, has 650 career wins. He'll be joining us Wednesday. Then on Thursday, the great Michael Barron, the former uh, Sports Channel New York and Major League Baseball writer, covers the New York Mets, will be joining us. And as far as Friday goes, we do have some guests line up for Friday. We're going to not announce who that is right now till we have it 100%. Um, so once we do, we will let you know. But we're going to continue to have some great guests on our show. Some of those shows, we may have two individuals if the topic is, you know, what we're talking about. So the more the merrier. Want to let you know, you can get in touch with us so many different ways right now. We are growing so fast. So, so fast. As you know, you can leave a message on this link right after the podcast. And we will put it on the next episode of Frankly Speaking Sports. Also, you can email us at franklyspeaking528 at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. If you have a Twitter account, I, like I said on the previous episode, I'm still learning a little bit about Twitter. So any information you can give me for, to get more followers on Twitter, I appreciate it. We're at Larry Frankis. We're on YouTube. All these interviews, just like the great interview we just had with Zach Blobner from WDAE Radio, will be on YouTube. We are in the process of going to be starting to go live on YouTube with some shows which will be shown on YouTube TV. So we're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Then don't forget the fastest growing Facebook group page in the nation, uh, Frankly Speaking Sports. We put all our podcasts, we put all our interviews, and we put the latest updated news on that page. 
If you are not currently a member, go ahead and join. It'll give you an invite. I will accept your invite. You will be a member of our great group. Also, invite your friends. The more, the merrier. Your friends are my friends. We'd love to see you all. We love to talk to you all, and we'd love to have you be part of the group. You know, I just had on the text line, and we do have a text line. Um, for those of you not aware of that number, it's 813-922-9810. That is our text line. I know it's a Tampa line. We kept our Tampa line. So instead of having to change it and make Everything more difficult and confusing for others. But someone just asked me, Larry, you didn't talk about the NFL and some of the players who had some trouble this week. And I'm not going to. Um, you know, I don't I don't think they should necessarily get the attention um, that people want me to give them. Yes, we had over the week, or I think over the weekend alone, oh, probably at close to half a dozen or more players get arrested on different teams. I don't think one of them are on the same team. And it's, you know, it's not right. It's not a great example. They're showing these kids out there. And I, I really don't want to give them the attention. I'm sorry. That's just my feelings on that. Um, we do post some information on our Frankly Speaking Sports group page about that. But as far as on these podcasts, I really don't want to give them the attention. You know, all I can say is I hope the NFL gets started soon because I hate to see this become a trend in the NFL. Want to remind you, we do have another great show for tomorrow. And want to remind you all, we'll be on at the same time, same places. You can follow us on 7 different platforms our podcasts are on, including Google, including Spotify. Have a great day, everyone, and we'll see you again tomorrow on Frankly Speaking Sports.